I'm just uh, curious, how many of you have ever experienced buyer's remorse? Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, something catches your attention, so you read up on it, you know, kind of do, do your study, and uh, you save your money, and you think it's going to be great, so you buy it, you know, and so... You now have it, you're, you're starting to use it, you're, you're wearing it, you're driving it, whatever. And then there comes that point, and you get this gnawing feeling. I mean, it's deep in your spirit, and you think, what was I thinking? <laughs> you know, I mean, what was I thinking when I bought that? You know, it, it seemed to make sense, you know, why, why did I spend my money on this? It, it isn't given the payoff I thought it would. Now, I was thinking about my earliest experience with buyer's remorse, and I saw an advertisement, and it was this. <laughs> yeah, sea monkeys, you know, a bowl full of happiness. I mean, the, the ad claims that it could be an adorable pet that you could even train, possibly. And so I, I remember mailing in my money, and I waited. And every day, I would go check the mailbox, and I was so excited. And I, I just had this image of having my sea monkeys, and I was going to train them to dance and do tricks. And, and I thought I could even teach them maybe to communicate. And so my expectations were really, really high. The day they arrived, I raced in the house. I read the directions with my mom, and we filled the bowl. I went out and bought a bowl and a bunch of toys for them and everything. And so we, we, we filled the bowl. We added the content of the package to, to the bowl, and we waited and waited and waited. I would get up in the night sometimes to check the bowl to see if maybe they had hatched. And this went on for days and days, weeks and weeks, nothing, nothing. Just little globs of goo floating around in there. And finally, after months and months, and literally, so I'm a slow learner, um, but I finally poured them out, and I was so disheartened and disappointed buyer's remorse. I think it is a very common experience. And I bring this up because it's been my observation through the years that we have a very similar phenomena. And it happens every year, this time of the year. I, I see it after Christmas, and I'll run into someone and, and I'll ask him, I'll say, how was your Christmas season? And I hear this kind of Christmas remorse. I mean, they say it different ways, but the sentiment is pretty much the same thing. You know, they'll say, well, I survived. Yeah, thank, thank goodness it's over. 
Now, I, I really wanted to enjoy the Christmas season this year. I, I hoped that I was going to connect with family and some friends, but I just rushed around again this year. I, I really wanted to remember what Christmas is really about. I, I wanted this Christmas to be different than the others. I had such good intentions. And I'll listen, and finally I'll go, and? Well, you, you know how it is. I mean, it, it's a new year. I, I'm exhausted. I'm emotionally worn out. My family got together. It wasn't like a courier knives Christmas. And worst of all, I feel further from God than when the Christmas season started. I'm just glad it's over. And then I, I think with the resilience of like a Cleveland Browns fan, they go, but next year, <laughs> next year things are going to be different. Next year, I'm going to get Christmas right, I'm, I'm sure. Friends, I, I've been reflecting the, this past few weeks, and it's something I do every year that about this time. And I was thinking about this past year, the, the sights, the sounds of 2021. I mean, do you see what I see? Do, do you hear what I hear? I, I see all this tension, anxiety, unrest. I, I see it in the media. I see it in social media posts. I see it kind of etched in the faces of people that I know and I love. And I see it in their attitudes. You know, I, I, I hear it when I talk to people. I hear it in, in their complaints. There, there's a lot of, of disappointment and dissatisfaction and frustration. And there's something that I figured out early in life, that what you focus on is what you'll become. And I want to just kind of caution you today to be very, very careful what you focus on. You know, I decided years ago that I was not going to live my life focusing on the disappointments, focusing on the negativity, focusing on, on what, what's wrong with everything, but that I would focus on the positives that I would focus on the opportunities that God's put before me. And granted, I, I don't want to sugarcoat, I, it's been a challenging year. But I've been focusing on what God's doing now. I've been thinking about what God could do through faith fellowship, what God could do with a group of people that would share a commitment and work together in life. And specifically, I've been thinking about what God can do in and through faith fellowship and everyone. If we decided that this Christmas is going to be different, that we're going to change things up. I mean, what if this Christmas we made a commitment to slow down a little bit, 
to walk a little closer to God. I mean, what if we were to dial down consumerism in our lives? What if we were to make some very important decisions, you know, family decisions and friend decisions? You know, what if this Christmas we made some choices that, you know what, we're going to make a difference and, and help people that are less fortunate so that when we start the new year and we look back at this season, we could all say, Christmas was great this year. It was pretty good. I mean, maybe it wasn't perfect, but I feel like I was a little closer to getting it right. And so today what I want to do, just kicking this all off, is I want to help you get this Christmas right. Now, I can stand some improvement as well, okay? So I'm talking to myself as well in this. You know, I remember uh, years ago, I, I was pastoring in Springfield at the time, and I just finished speaking. It was the 10th service that weekend, and uh, the fact is, normally we had a Saturday night service, three Sunday morning services, and this particular year, the Sunday fell on Christmas Eve, and so we we ended up uh, having six uh, Christmas Eve services, and so I, I've got all this going on. That's a pretty hard run, uh, to be be honest, but I, I was sitting in my office, and I'm sitting at my desk kind of reflecting and I realize I'm just exhausted. I mean, I had attended uh, at least 10 parties during the season. I'd planned way more than, than 10 uh, Christmas events at the church. Uh, I had bought way, way more than 10 presents. This part I don't like admitting. I'd put on more than 10 pounds eating Christmas cookies and, and junk food. And I sat at my desk that night, and I realized I hadn't spent 10 minutes with God that day. I mean, really taking in the the gift of Jesus. And I remember sitting there, it was 1 a.m. Christmas Day, and I thought, "This, this is crazy. It's just crazy. And that was the moment I decided I was gonna change things. I determined that moment that I would start every Christmas season by opening up that perfect gift of the Christmas story. See, do do you see what I see? Do you hear what I hear? And I just want to read the Christmas story for you. You know, Luke uh, records this in the second chapter. He says, In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was a descendant from the house and the family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child. She gave birth to her firstborn son, wrapped him in 
bands of cloth, laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in that region, there were shepherds living in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I bring you good news of great joy for all people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. Every time I read that story, I see something new every time. I hear something new. God's always pointing out something for me to think about, to to look at. And I I would challenge you to read the story. A few minutes, every day. Read it every day between now and Christmas. It will help you get Christmas right. See, when you start thinking about what God did to save this broken world by sending Jesus as a Savior, when when you start to ponder the truth that we just read, it changes you. You know, when when you start focusing on the birth of Jesus, you start sensing God's presence more in your life. You start worshiping more. You you start looking around you and realizing that Jesus came for everybody. And when that sinks in, you'll start treating people with more dignity around you. You will put more emphasis on relationships than, than things and stuff. And I also think you'll begin seeing people that have less and you'll be moved to do something about it. You'll think, you know what? I have so much. God has blessed me and I'm going I'm to help. I'm going to lean in to this family. I'm going to help with that. See, I, I think it changes you. I think you'll start overflowing with love in your life. You'll be more giving and forgiving. 
So, so why not let that, that Christmas spirit kind of take root in you? You know, let that Christmas story begin to impact you and change you this Christmas. You know, the fact is, that story is just so awesome. And I, I know right now, some of you are going, well, that sounds great. I'm in. You know, finally, I'll get it right this Christmas. And I'll be honest with you. I'm not worried about you while you're here. I'm worried about you when you go out there to Christmas reality. You know, they, as things begin to ramp up at the end of the year in your life, at, at work or at school or at home, you know, as the, the parties and the social demands begin to increase in, in your life, as family obligations intensify, as shopping and gift buying, you know, begins to escalate, how are you going to keep perspective? You know, how, what are you going to focus on this Christmas? And so what I want to do, I want to look at some of the, what I believe are the sights and sounds that you'll see this Christmas, things that you'll, you'll hear that, that'll kind of keep you focused, all right, that'll help you with this Christmas. And the first thing I want to talk about is you're going to see nativities this Christmas, uh, maybe out in a yard or at a business or at a park. You, you see lots of decorations this time of the year, don't you? I uh, drove past a house that uh, looked like the off Christmas vacation or something. They had so much stuff out in the yard. And I, I'll be honest with you, when I see something like that, if I'm not careful, if I'm kind of in uh, my operational mode, I have some deep thoughts when I see that. You want to know what the deep thoughts are? Who has time to do all that? <laughs> And then I usually think, where did they store all that stuff? You know, I told you it's, it's deep. It's deep. But here's, here's my suggestion, particularly when you see the nativity scene. And instead of just driving by, I would challenge you to go a little bit deeper with your thoughts. Get a deeper connection. Think about the fact that the nativity scene really happened in human history. Maybe not exactly as you see it, but it happened. It really happened. In fact, say that with me. It really happened. It really did. See, I, I think it's really easy when you see all the Christmas decorations you know, you see the nativity, you see Santa and his reindeers, and you see elves and Frosty and all, all this stuff. It's really easy to kind of look at all that and think, oh, Christmas folklore, fantasy. But the nativity really happened. Jesus was born in a stable. He was placed in a manger. People did come to see the newborn king. It really happened. And so when you see that nativity, take a beat and go, this really happened. I was in Israel years ago. I stood in the fields where the shepherds would have been. When they sang, when the angels sang that, that first Christmas carol, 
You know, Scripture says, And suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. You know, I stood in the fields, and I stood in the place where Jesus was born. You know, I I stood where Mary and Joseph had stayed. You know, I I stood where, where the shepherds came to see this newborn king. You know, I walked in Nazareth. I walked on the same streets where Jesus took his first steps. Everywhere I went in Israel, whether it was the Sea of Galilee, the Garden of Gethsemane, or the empty tomb, I found myself in awe. I found myself saying, I'm standing where Jesus once stood. See, the nativity, it really happened for you. It really happened for me. It's real. Here's the second thing. The sound of a Christmas song, all right? And I, it doesn't matter. It could be religious. It could be secular. It could be a great song. It could be the weirdest song you've ever heard, and there are a few of them. I mean, it could be an awful Christmas song. But whatever it is, it reminds you that it's Christmas time. This is several years ago. My grandkids uh, were, were little at the time. We were in Target. And uh, there were these kids running around. They were pushing all the buttons on, you know, there were just rows and rows and rows of these stuffed Alvin and the Chipmunk, you know. And and they had like 10 or 12 of them, and they're singing and they're dancing. And, you know, okay, actually it was me and my grandkids pushing the buttons, but that's, you know, we we were having a heyday, just a, a lot of fun. In fact, how many of you know the Chipmunk Christmas song? All right, you got to sing it with me. (laughs) Christmas, Christmas time is near. Time for toys and time for cheer. We've been good, but we can't last. Hurry, Christmas, hurry fast. Want a plane that... Me, I want a hula hoop. He can hardly stand to wait. Please, Christmas, don't be late. Yeah. I'm here every Sunday. <laughs> Here's the deal. Whether, whether you hear, I'll be home for Christmas sitting in a restaurant... Or Christmas Don't Be Late, sung by a bunch of dancing chipmunks in an aisle in a store. You can choose. You've you got a decision to make. You can choose for the music to be background noise. Or you can choose to let that music move you. To connect back to the Christmas story found in, in Luke 2 that we just read. See... It's the first Christmas carol being sung. It's it's the first time there's a celebration that Jesus has come to this world. You know, the angels said, glory to God in the highest heaven 
and on earth peace among those whom he finds favor. The angels sang because God had sent the promised Savior. It was worth celebrating. So when you hear a Christmas song, whatever it is, just remember that it was the first Christmas carol that started all of it. Glory to God in the highest. Because of Jesus, it's possible to have peace. And here's another one. When you receive a Christmas card. You know, last year I got the first Christmas card before Thanksgiving. And so I got that. You know what my first thought was when I got the card? This is deep. Whoever sent this out is way under-challenged in life. They have too much time on their hands. Yeah, they ought to volunteer at church, and I'm digging a hole for myself probably. But that's my first thought. But I was thinking about the whole Christmas card list, and I know it's kind of evolved and changed over, over the years, but the, I'm not talking about the one you get from the accountant or the doctor's office or, you know, you one time bought a product from a company and so they send you a Christmas card. I, I'm not talking about those type of Christmas cards, but I'm talking about a, a Christmas card that's from from a friend. Because I believe Christmas card lists, that we develop those by kind of evaluating relationships. And so as you get close to Christmas, you actually sit down and go, okay, I need to send a card to so-and-so, 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 and you actually put that list together. It's a list of friends and family, people you want to bless or touch base with, or you know, and so you send the card. Whenever you receive a Christmas card this year, no matter who it's from, I want you to just hold it and say, you know what, I'm on someone's friendship list. And I think that's a beautiful thing because sometimes it's someone you maybe haven't seen for years because they live in another part of the country or the world. But to take and just thank God for that person, maybe lift a prayer for them, and then just say, God, I thank you for friends. You know, thank you for friends. And then before you put it in the pile or whatever you do with Christmas cards, hold on to it for a moment and think this. You know, because I've opened my heart to Jesus Christ, I'm on God's friendship list. You know, Jesus was speaking to a crowd one day, and he was speaking to a group of followers, and it says this in John 15, 15, it says, but now I call you friends. Think about that. Jesus calls you friend. I mean, let, let that sink in for a moment. Just, just ponder for a moment what that means. Your best friend, whoever it is on this planet, they're flawed. They do not have unlimited time for you. They don't have perfect listening skills or perfect counsel always. They, they try. I, I try to be a good friend. You try. We're flawed. But when you're on God's list of friendship, God's love is perfect. It's never ending. God's available to you 24-7. Anytime. God's, God's there to listen. 
I mean, the, the fact is that God's counsel and God's guidance, it's always wise and true. And his power and his resources, they have no end. And I, I told you earlier that this past year, it's been challenging, a bit frustrating, disappointing sometimes. But I did what I've done when I have felt like that before in my life. Those moments, it's like, okay, which way's up, which way's down? And when I feel overwhelmed in any way, I just sit and talk to God. And I become very keenly aware of my relationship with God. That friendship. And in the moments that follow, when I just say, okay, God, here I am. I always sense God saying, Damon, you're not alone. You you don't have to handle everything. I'm with you. You know, friends pull alongside friends. I'll strengthen you. Just follow my lead. I'll, I'll get you through. And it's always a turning point in my life when I have that conversation with God. I mean, it just shifts things. The, the friendship of God is a powerful thing. And the fact is, some of you are, are heading into the Christmas season, and you're pretty sure you're not going to get this Christmas right, you know, for whatever reason. You know, for some of you, you're just dreading the season. You know, for some, it's an empty chair. It's a empty someone not sitting at the table. And in fact, you can't imagine that you're going to see it through this Christmas. You know, maybe you went through a separation or divorce, or maybe you lost your job, or maybe you got a bad medical report. And, and friends, you need to be reminded you are not alone. You are on God's friendship list. God God is saying to some of you right now, he's saying, friends, come alongside, friends. I'll be with you. It it might be hard, but God says, we'll make it through. We will. Here's another one. When you use your credit card, your debit card, your Apple Pay, however you pay for stuff, all right? They, in fact, some of you will be using that a lot during this season. Cha-ching, 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 you know. Every time you go to pay for something, every time you get the card out, while you're waiting for that receipt, while it's being processed, I want you to just think, Jesus came to this world to pay my sin debt, and he paid it in full. And then thank him. See, I believe if we would all do that, between now and Christmas, every one of us, there would be thousands of thank yous that would be lifted to heaven from people at Faith Fellowship. God, I worship you for paying my debt. Thank you for sending Jesus. The time at the counter the pump, you know, your keyboard, the the time you're waiting for it to process, well, it wouldn't be wasted. Actually, it would be worship. 
It'd be a little bit of time spent kind of communing with God. Got one more. When you get a gift. When you get a gift, take a moment before you open it and just hold the gift and say, people who love, give. People who love, give. And then just lift up a prayer of thanksgiving. See, love motivates giving. Love motivated that person to give you that gift. You know, thank God for that person in your life. Thank God who, who put that person who loves you, made that gift possible. You see, get perspective here. And, and just before you start to unwrap it, and this can be hard for some of you because some of you tear into it like, you know. In fact, who tears into, tears into the gifts versus, uh, okay, come on, come on. But reflect while you're opening the gift. You know, what I needed most in life was forgiveness for sin. What I needed most, it came in a little bitty package, a perfect gift. It was a baby in a manger. How unbelievable is God to give a gift like that? Remember the gift of salvation this Christmas. Now, a couple things. These are just random thoughts, but it's worth thinking about. A little challenge, all right, on the whole gift front. Worship more this Christmas season. Spend less. Now, instead of just buying stuff, you know, going into deeper debt again this year, just, just dial it down. You know, give, give a, a gift from the heart. You know, don't just go, oh, done, 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 done. You know, think about it. And let me say something to parents and grandparents. Most of the things kids get, they forget about a few months from now. Sometimes a few weeks, sometimes a few days. You know, maybe give a gift of experience. That's something they'll always remember. You know, and, and maybe this Christmas... You take a beat and look around you, look around your neighborhood, look around the office, look around school or wherever, and help somebody that needs help. You know, let them know that they matter. They, they matter to God. They should matter to you. See, I really believe if we would do these few things, they're not complicated, but if we would just do these few things that we've talked about, it would change things. And in fact, I believe if I see you after Christmas and I ask, how was your Christmas season? You'll say, I got it right. It was better. It was better this year. And so how about it, Faith Fellowship? Let's get this Christmas right. Let's start out this season right. Read, read the Christmas story. It'll give, get you perspective coming into the season. So let, let's stand for a word of prayer. Our holy God, 
God, we praise you. And God, we uh, center our thoughts. We kind of recalibrate this time of the year. And God, I pray that we would focus on Jesus. Remember what this season's all about. And God, whether we're just doing something that's fun or singing something silly, then in the midst of that, we would go, you know, we do all this because Jesus came to this world. You sent him. We'd remember that first carol. God, help us to stay focused on you. God, we just praise you for your love and grace that brought you to this world. It's in Christ's holy name we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. God's people said, let's continue with worship.